Welcome to the show, everybody. It is Sunday, December the 4th, approximately 10 p.m., and things are heating up in the universe that is sports, and we're all here to talk about it. Joining me, as always, never fails. These same guys are here every week. You get to hear them blabber on about all the bullshit that we want to blabber on about, and we're all here for it. Across from me is my brother, Alex Stanley, the asshole. You all formally know him as the asshole. This is a man that he goes on rants. He likes to pick on Colin Coward. This is Alex Stanley. Hey, all you sexy people out there. I, I know you're there. I see. You're, you're gorgeous. You're gorgeous. Gorgeous people. We're going to continue that trend. We're going right up to the north, Washington, D.C., northern Virginia, weighing in at 215 pounds, Matthew Philip Chapman, attorney at law. What's going on, listeners? Got a great show for you today. I've got a whole lot of things to talk about, and I'm excited. Let's get this going. Setting immediately to my left is another gorgeous young man, Mr. Corey Owens. How's it going? I'm good at blabbering. I didn't give you as good an intro this time, and I apologize. I'm going to be better at that. Can I interrupt you? You said Matthew is 215 pounds, and like 175 of that is all nuts. Pure nuts, yeah. All balls. He's all balls. Well, that's a great way to start off this show. Um, We're all in really good moods, and... It's because of you listeners. I read that. I'm in a good mood. Don't be talking shit over there. Look, we want to thank you guys so much because it has not gone unnoticed. Um, All of us here at Foul Language are proud to announce that we have officially reached a new milestone in our podcasting career, and we couldn't thank you all enough because if it wasn't for you all, we wouldn't be where we are today. So, um I know I thank you from the bottom of my heart for all of your support and continuing on because we're going to get better. We're going to keep pushing this content out. And I know everyone here at Foul Language agrees with me. Thank you all so much. This is the Foul Language podcast and Aaron Rodgers still on Chicago. As I just said, this is the Foul Language Podcast. We thank you all so much for being here and wasting your time with us because... This is all it is. We just love to bullshit, don't we? We love to hear ourselves talk. We do. That's that's all there is to it. We're conceited. You know. Well, you're so vain. You know, that's somebody's gotta back me up there. You can't Matthew, I know you got me. Come in on that one. Uh no, I I don't have you, you there. <laughs> there it is. There. I knew you had my don't you do anyways. All right, we're gonna get into this, but first I want you all to take two seconds out of your day, if you don't mind, you've already came this far to listen to us blabber on about pointless bullshit. Go check us out on our social medias. That is Twitter at foul language. one. And if you're on Twitter for the card part of it, the sports cards, check out foul language rips on Twitter and Instagram. If you're in it for the cards, there's no better place to be right now than the foul language rips YouTube channel. Give us a little idea of what's going on over there, Matthew. So, here recently on the YouTube channel, we have had a variety of episodes. We got some really special episodes up and coming. 
still expanding that variety even more so. The last video we posted, we went to Target and bought an entire retail box of 2022 prestige and i had to have a super odd conversation with a target employee how did that go uh well you know here's what we decided he said i can't let you buy more than five collectibles at once and i was like so what if you just scan the box that's just one box there might be 24 packs inside but it's just one box true true and he's like you know what let's try it or i will simply take them Yes, and pocket and uh, <laughs> five No, I can't s- stress it enough how much we appreciate every everybody tuning in every week. We see it. We can look at the analytics. We don't know who you are, but we appreciate you so much. With that being said, we've got a cl- very close friend um, publishing content now go check out the rewired podcast with ty henley it's unbelievable content you're going to love every second of it while we're talking about social media this is something that i haven't talked to any of you about to this point but something weird is happening to me right now you all i want to start this off by saying fuck ohio state okay fuck ohio state Whoever is operating my Facebook agent, hit the, the ads that he's throwing in, he is pushing Ohio State fandom onto my timeline. And I am not going to stand for it. He just wants you to, he wants you to be a part of that community. Fuck Ohio State. We love the people of Columbus. O-H-I-O-G-O, fuck yourself. <laughs> The only thing good from Ohio State is A.J. Hawk. A.J. Hawk. That's a good-looking, amazing jawline. Incredible jawline. Talking about college football. The new college football playoff rankings are um, uh, upon us. Um, The last. The final. I mean, we're talking the New Year's Six Bowl have been set. Go over the New Year's Six Bowls for us, if you got that. Uh, Yeah. Um, Right now – Let's see. We got the Orange Bowl in Hard Rock Stadium. Clemson versus Tennessee should be a pretty good game. Um, we got the Sugar Bowl, Alabama versus Kansas State in the Superdome. Go K State. Go K State. That's right. Fiesta Bowl, Michigan versus TCU. That is the playoff game. That's two versus three. Peach Bowl, Georgia versus Ohio State. One versus four. Rose Bowl, Utah versus Penn State. Citrus Bowl, LSU versus Purdue, and Cotton Bowl, USC versus Tulane. Riding the green wave. The green wave, baby. They are here to stay. So let's get into these rankings a little bit. Let's talk about this top six. Um, Obviously, we've got Georgia at one, Michigan at two, TCU at three, Ohio State at four, Alabama five. Tennessee at six. We'll talk about Alabama and Tennessee here in a minute because there's something to talk about there for sure. But I want to talk about these these semifinal matchups coming up. Game of the playoffs is obviously Georgia and Ohio State, right? TCU and Michigan doesn't seem like much of a contest to me. Although I I will say that has a lot of intriguing – aspects to it. It does. With Blake Corum being out for the rest of the season, Corey, this Michigan team, they looked so good still. I mean, there's something about this Michigan team. I've been saying it, and I've been saying it, Corey. This this Michigan team is the best team in the country. So, looking at this Michigan and TCU game, what do you have being the X factor here? Is it going to be Blake Corum missing this game? 
I would say you're right. Um, but Michigan has that fifth gear, and you've called it since the very first week of college football. Like they, it's just like they can kick it in overdrive and watching them play Ohio State, even if you've not even watched them through the regular season or through the rest of the regular season, just that fourth quarter alone, you can tell Michigan, they're just going to – I don't think it – I think it'll be a good game still, but I think they, Michigan's got it under they control. They wear you down yeah. through, through three quarters. Once you get into that fourth quarter, that offensive line is so good. And that running game is so strong, so hard to defend. I mean, going four quarters against this Michigan team is rough. Absolutely. Hey, this is the best defense in the country. I've been saying it, and I will continue to say it. Matthew, we we watched that Georgia and LSU game last night, and the one thing that I took away from it is, my God, Georgia can score. Georgia can score touchdowns. But LSU still put how many points on them? I mean, LSU were, was able to score on this defense. Is this Georgia defense going to be able to contain C.J. Stroud and Marvin Harrison Jr.? Well, here's the thing. You know, there were 80 points scored in that game. Georgia ended up winning 50-30. to 30. Here's the thing. If Georgia wants to be able to make that final push for the national championship, I've got a prediction. It's going to be another shootout. That Georgia game versus Ohio State, Tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm I'm predicting it's going to be another 80 points. I do not see how you can keep either one of those teams uh, below those numbers, especially now. You know, you, we all feel a certain way about Ohio State, but Georgia just has too many weapons on offense again. I thought after the past few years they'd be done. Nope, Georgia football is here to stay. They've turned into this perennial. Beast. I mean, this is a juggernaut, not only in the SEC, but it's it's in the country. You look at that LSU game in particular, 50 points? You, you put up 50 points? I know LSU had some really bad breaks in that game. I mean, oh, it, yeah. was, it was rough to watch. The thing that, that, that in, intrigued me from the get-go in this game in particular was Stetson Bennett. Four touchdowns oh, yeah. in the first half. He was throttled down in the second half of that football game. Let me ask you this. When you watch this Georgia offense play football, who's the one person that stands out to you? Stetson Bennett, and I'll get to his stats this season in a minute, has been incredible. But there's one player on this offense that is unstoppable, and it Rock. is Brock Bowers. Bowers. The man yep. is unbelievable. How do you find – Two tight ends, one, let alone finding Brock Bowers, but having the other, uh, Darnell Washington, is that his name? The other, he's what, six, eight? He's massive. It is a tribute to Kirby Smart. It, everything that this team is doing right now is Kirby Smart. You can lay it at his feet. As good as they've been, as good as he is in recruiting, this is a top five recruiting class year in and year out. They're going to reload again after this season. This is a perennial. This is Alabama. I mean, this is a oh, yeah. juggernaut every year. And Stetson Bennett, you know, to your point, Stetson Bennett, 23 of 29, 274 yards, four touchdowns. He didn't throw a ton of yards, Matthew. But I mean, he didn't have to. You know, that that was the that was the thing. It was like they went in. Went they went into the like um just like basically just flew through the second half. It was it was so easy for him. 
I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna read you some uh, just some physical stats on Darnell Washington. He is six seven, okay, two hundred and seventy pounds. That that, is, that alone that is, is unreal. <laughs> if he goes into the NFL, the only tight end that is within uh, that height and weight class is Darnell Parham. That's it. He he will whoever gets him. I don't know who I would take if Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington is both on the board at their respective times in the upcoming draft. I don't know who I would take there, honestly. Either one, you're getting a solid next Kyle Pitts, maybe? It's the it's the thing you can't teach, right? Size, yeah. speed, you can't teach that. And another important thing, and I'll, I, you know I'm a huge advocate for tight ends. I love that position. One of my favorite, and I feel like it's – an extremely underrated position and what Brock Bowers does so well with his size, not only can he catch the ball and stretch the field, this dude is an unbelievable blocker. He's another offensive lineman out there. And that's why this Georgia running game, when it gets going, this offense is hard to stop. That's why they were able to score so many points. You're that size. You don't even have to be a blocker. You're just out there in the, in the way. Right. Right. It, it, it's, it comes to the point when, when you're looking at it, a guy like Brock Bowers, okay, and I just got these stats pulled up. Sorry, I was around, uh, stumbling on my words a little bit there. But when you're talking about a guy, when you've got Lad McConkey that does what he does, somehow that man is unbelievable at football. Stetson Bennett is still a little bit questionable to me. He's shown he's played better. He's, he's played un- unbelievable, unbelievable. But what makes Brock Bowers so special on top of the blocking that I was just talking about 726 yards, 93 rushing yards with three rushing touchdowns, 726 receiving yards and six receiving touchdowns. This man is all over the field. He's unstoppable. So you look at it, Matthew, what, what is Ohio state going to have to do are they going to is it going to be the stifling defense that it doesn't look like Ohio State is able to play and are they going to be able to score with this team if Georgia is able to shut down the one weapon that Ohio State has and Marvin Harrison Jr. Matthew what's going to happen here so I'm going to I'm going to give a little bit of a different take here in order for Ohio State to have a chance to stop Brock Bowers they're going to have to do exactly what Kentucky did. Kentucky held Georgia to 16 points in that game. Brock Bowers had two catches for 10 yards. You know what Kentucky did that game? They shut down the run. They didn't let the run open up the quick throws over the middle to Brock Bowers and the quick tight end screens. If you can stop the run in Georgia, which admittedly is a little bit easier this year than years past, I think they might have a chance as much as I do not want to say that. But I think you've got to look at the film for Kentucky, and you've got to stop the run, and you've got to be able to limit Brock Bowers over the middle. That's how you're going to have a chance. Georgia has had 12 wins this year of double digits or more. This is an explosive offense. It's a tall task for Ohio State. It's it's going to be rough, and I love it. I love it. I am a bulldog. Absolutely. I, I, I'm really excited to watch everything coming up, but we got to talk about some of the games in championship weekend. This was 
Incredible college football weekend. Let's start off here with TCU and K-State. This was one of the more fun games I've got to watch, Corey, in the past five to ten years. Give us a rundown of what you saw, and and because I know you enjoyed that game as much as I did. Yeah, I listened to it while I was working my day job. Um, I, I texted Alex and said, I, I feel like I'm playing a video game. Like I feel like I'm playing NCAA 14 right now. I felt like I was Kansas State. Like I, I didn't really care who won, but I felt like in that moment, being an underdog, I felt like I was Kansas State and pulling these plays. I, I think, I mean, Max Dugan. I know they lost. Heisman. I, I know they lost. The heart on that drive. It was he that had to be held off the, the field. Okay, okay. He got fucking destroyed. Hold on, game. hold on a second. Let's talk about this here for a second because we all talked about it when it happened. Matthew, I'll start with you. TCU's got the ball driving back down the field before overtime happens. Why do you call that run and play right there? The way Max Dugan came out and played on that previous drive. You, you mean on the goal line? On the goal line. The goal line. Why do you call that play on the goal line to win the game? You know, it's it's the college football version of Russell Wilson throwing that pass when they had Marshawn lined up in the backfield. I mean, Max Dugan for TCU is a once-in-a-lifetime talent. Like, they're not going to have this again for a long time. Yes, he was worn out, but when he was worn out, he still made the great plays the big plays and big moments why do you take the ball out of his hand i have no idea and give it to a halfback was he was, so gassed though just give the man a chance you know no, it's, I, I agree and i'm i sent a message to all of you after that this is this, this, what was with that stupid fucking call but you see him on the sidelines you see him being carried to the sideline pushing teammates away he, the dude was a gas. Well, you can't talk about this game, too, without talking about the performance of Deuce Vaughn. Dude. Oh, my goodness. The next Darren Sproles? Can dude, we talk a, about that? He's unreal. Go ahead. Talk about it, Matthew. Let's hear your opinion on Deuce. So, I looked up some stats, and did you guys know that he is – on par with Darren Sproles. First of all, Darren Sproles also went to K-State, for those that are listening that don't know. He is on par to be just as good as Sproles was at that school. I think he is second in every single category, only to Darren Sproles. His moves in the open field, it's like this dude has a built-in human joystick ability. Like, did you guys see him juke the hell out of that corner? In like the, he didn't even stand a chance. Yes. Yeah, he didn't stand a chance. It was a beautiful run. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. And while while we're talking about these games, being from the area that we're from, we would not be doing these hillbillies a favor by not talking about Tennessee and Alabama and I, I got to say, I'm with the Tennessee fans here. You're looking at two 10 and two teams. Tennessee beat Alabama. I mean, what's is it? Is the South Carolina game was that bad enough, Corey, to warrant this? Putting Alabama at five and Tennessee at six. I feel like these two should be swapped. I respect that. Tennessee is lower than Alabama. Like, I wish Tennessee was higher than Alabama. Like, I personally wish they were. 
But if the 63 like points scored on them are earlier in the season, I would say swap them. But with it coming late in the season, this is crunch time. You can't have 63 points scored on you as a top five team. Like that's you just can't do that. What I look in Tennessee fans are going to like this, but what I look at, and I'm okay with the rankings the way that they are. Um, Tennessee's loss to South Carolina was a worse loss than either of Alabama's. Yeah, regardless that Tennessee beat Alabama, like that's they're, exactly, exactly they're, right. Their loss, their loss, worse. Let me ask you this though: What South Carolina done the following week to Clemson? Does that make it look better for Tennessee? No, I, I don't. I don't think it does. When you're comparing Tennessee to Alabama, if you were comparing Tennessee as a common opponent being South Carolina against Clemson, then you could say, let's compare these two performances and we'll go from there. Uh, I, I personally, I know everybody around here is pissed off about the rankings, but I'm okay with it. I think Alabama. Is is fifth is the fifth best thing? As, as hard as that is to say, yeah, it's, yeah. I think they yeah. got it right. Unfortunately. Well, Matthew, <laughs> Matthew, I'm just glad that you know, as much as I as I dislike Ohio State, and for any of you wondering why I have such a strong hatred towards Ohio State, I'm a Miami Hurricanes fan, and that's all I have to say. I think you know what I'm talking about. Um, but Matthew. How do you feel about these rankings? Uh, you know, we talked about it earlier in the week. We both believed that Ohio State would move up to third, but it looks like the NCAA is – they've got it right, I think. I, I think they wanted to avoid the rematch between Michigan and Ohio State in the semifinals. Oh, yeah, that's all it was. It, it's at the end of the day, you know, we don't know what goes on in that room, but I guarantee if someone had a conversation about how can we get more viewers if we do a rematch or if we let them play another team. And honestly, I think it I think it came down to that at the end of the day. As sad as that is to say, it probably came down to money. I, I agree. I agree with you. Um, real fast, let's run over these other uh, championship week games. You had uh, Clemson. North Carolina 39-10. And the biggest takeaway out of this one was Cade Klubnick getting put in. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Over DJ. And the dude, <laughs> I got the stats right here. He went uh, 20 for 24, 279 yards, one touchdown, one passing touchdown, 30 rushing yards, and a touchdown. So let me talk about this real quick. Because okay, I actually, I watched this game from beginning to end. And I saw DJ get taken out, and I thought, holy crap, who is this guy coming in? Is this going to be the Clemson version of Tua over Jalen Hurts? Exactly. And That's holy cow, that dude on his first drive, I remember he was 5 for 5 for 67 yards and a touchdown on his first drive. I mean, he was unreal. He gave the Clemson team a spark that DJ was not able to give them for quite some time. And I'll even go as far to say that had they benched DJ earlier and brought this guy in sooner, Clemson might be in the playoffs, guys. I agree with you. And I'm going to tell you why I agree with that. If you give Clemson that spark on the offense that they have been lacking, North Carolina went into the red zone five times in this game, 10 points. That is a bend but don't break. That's a Dabo Sweeney defense. Well, and that's on the other side of the ball there. That looks terrible for an early Heisman favorite. Has to be going into next year is Drake May. Um, I mean, this guy threw 
the beginning of this season has been unbelievable. What what happened to him? Like in in this latter part of the season? I don't think it was necessarily Drake May. North Carolina got Mike Brown's a great coach. Um, this is a program that is a tough program to play against. I think that the biggest problem in North Carolina is just a lack of talent. A lack of talent around Drake May. Um, this is this is Clemson's seventh ACC championship in eight years. This is. This is an impressive run we're overlooking here. I know the ACC isn't what it what it was a few years ago, but it's it's a, it's a good conference. It's a tough conference to win. Well, this is the first time you look at it talking about how dominant Clemson has been over the past <clears throat> decade. Say, uh, this is the first time ever that the college playoffs have not had either Alabama or Clemson since the wow. since the college football playoffs began so it's it's a it's a it's a weird weird situation here it's new i hate ohio state's in there but michigan's going to take care of them so tell me about that michigan and purdue game the matthew i don't know if you looked this up or if you did Corey, but i want to read you some stats okay purdue one time of possession 33 47 to 26 13 Purdue had one total yards, 456 to 386, had 27 first downs to Michigan, 17. Michigan had zero sacks in this game. Michigan only ran 55 offensive plays. Now, granted, they put the points up, but I love Michigan. Michigan is my team. That's who I'm pulling for in these playoffs, Corey. But do you see some trouble here brewing for Michigan? I don't see trouble for it, but I do want to talk about Purdue because I don't I can't remember what week it was, but I watched the Purdue and Syracuse game and I told Austin that was my favorite game that I've watched of college football this year. They've lost, but yeah. it was a it was a beautiful game. It was a shootout. Yeah. And that's what that's what Purdue could do. Also, I would like to Give everybody peace of mind. Drew Brees was not struck. Yes, by yes, it was just. A, okay, how do you? Why? What went through his mind? Like this is going to be a good idea? No, I got the alert on Twitter. I'm at work. I'm driving down the road, minding my business, jamming out to some death metal, probably some White Chapel or something. I look at Twitter. Drew Brees has been struck by lightning. <laughs> Like what? It's a random, most random thing. Yeah. Okay, all right, that's what we're doing. <laughs> it's it's a weird. I, why he chose to go that route, I will never know. But moving on with college football here, Matthew. Um, we're getting close with uh, the Heisman here. Um, I've got some stats here for you if you'll allow me to read them off real quick. Um, the way the Heisman rankings are right now, guys, <clears throat> is um. USC's Caleb Williams leads the the race, who I believe he's a pretty obvious front runner here. He still played great. The dude's different. He did. Yeah. Dude's different. The fuck Utah. Yeah, fuck Utah. <laughs> and I love what um oh man, 
name just left my head. Utah's quarterback. Cam Rising. Cam Rising. Did you see the post game yeah. interview? Oh, that's fucking cute. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. You know, it, he's got a great swag about him. But we're talking about Caleb Williams here. Four thousand seventy five yards on the season. Thirty seven touchdowns. Only four interceptions. That's your front runner. Setting in second is TCU's Max Dugan, a guy we've been talking about all night. Thirty three hundred twenty one yards. Thirty touchdowns. Only four interceptions. Setting in third is the fraud. <laughs> C.J. Stroud, 3,340 yards, 37 touchdowns, six interceptions. Setting in fourth, you've got way – it's not going to happen. Texas ruined this guy's hopes. Bijan Robinson, running back for Texas. He's different. He's a dude. He's going to be an NFL stud. But Absolutely. 258 attempts for 1,580 yards and 18 rushing touchdowns. He's averaging 6.1 yards a carry on the season. And rounding out the top five, you've got the old man Stetson Bennett, 3,425 yards, 20 touchdowns, and six interceptions. So, Matthew, leading that race, Caleb Williams, this guy's different, right? This is this is the type of quarterback you look for coming into the NFL right now. He has those Patrick Mahomes moments that we're talking about. He makes things happen. You know what he has? He has the Mahomes moments, and then he's also got the size and feet of Justin Fields. Put that together in the new day NFL where the quarterback is becoming just as much of a running threat as the running back himself. That's a hell of an NFL prospect right there. I just, I got a feeling he's going to go to Houston, and that might not be the best thing for him. At he's this going to have an uphill battle. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, we will definitely get around to the NFL soon. There is a lot to talk about, but give give me your your rundown of this Heisman front runner here. What do you like about Caleb Williams, Alex? Uh, Matthew touched on everything. Everything about this guy's game is finely tuned. He, I think, will be a day one NFL starter. And I am the type of guy who doesn't believe you throw those guys, those kids, because that's what they are. You don't throw them in. The proof's in the pudding. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, they didn't get thrown in day one. So I think it's going to be an uphill battle because I agree with Matthew. He's going to be the uh, – he's probably going to go to Houston. But I, let me let me say something. I would be remiss in my duties as a football fan, if I didn't shout out the Tulane Green Wave, man, they were two wins. They had two wins a year ago. They have two losses this year. They're they're out there. They're the Green Wave. They're painting a face on a wave. They're out in baby blue uniforms. <laughs> Everything that you could love that is contradictory about anything you see I love Tulane. So you're riding the green I'm wave. I'm riding that green wave. I hope it dies me green. I'm going to be like Ryan Fitzpatrick last year in that playoff game of Buffalo. Yes. I'm out there with my shirt off, sure. screaming. I'm a fucking madman yes. about the Tulane green wave. I love you. I'm, I love the emotion that you just put into that. It was You've got me excited. Georgia was on. I'm watching Tulane in uh, Central Florida. That's, what, that's the game I want to watch. Doesn't it just make your heart happy? when you see a team that is usually not ranked that high yes it's wonderful finally get there hey they got the heart man they they're, they're not this they're not georgia they're not alabama they're not these huge programs these are tulane they love football they love and they do it at a high level yeah they so do they're hard on the field. they yeah, do it's, it's 
and it's fun to watch. And let's get into this for a second. Me and Corey were talking about this before the show started. Uh, Corey, I'll start with you. You know, it's announced that the playoffs are going to be expanded soon. Uh, it's looking like 2024, correct? I think yeah. it's supposed to be. Is it 2024 or 2023? I've seen 2024. I also okay. seen 2024. Matthew, can you confirm that? I think I th- I'm pretty sure it's 2024. So you, you look at these teams who are so hot in this last part of the season. What is it going to mean for teams like Tulane in the future, Corey? when these playoffs get expanded and what are you looking forward to with that? I think it's great for football. It's great for the kids. It's great for the students and everybody wants to see a team that's usually not there potentially take down an Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, any, any team that's normally in the top five, seeing a team like Tulane or Purdue, like we're talking about or Syracuse, just take someone down. No, it's going to be great. I agree with you that it's going to be exciting. But the problem, and I try to look at both sides of the problem, both sides of the coin. Does this expanded playoff, you go back last week to Michigan, Ohio State, that game means nothing in this expanded playoffs. Because it means something, but it doesn't mean as much because both teams know in this situation that they're going to be in the playoffs. The seeding changes, but does it take away something that last week, that rivalry week, knowing that you're going to be in the playoffs? Matthew, what do you think? You know, I absolutely agree with you, Alex, and I'm going to be the bad guy here. I'm going to add something else to that. Not only does it take away uh, meaning to college football rivalry, but if they decide to go with, you know, I'm not exactly sure how they're going to do this bracket, but – if they decide to give the number one and two seeds, for example, a bye week, this isn't the NCAA tournament for basketball we're talking about where it's not as physical of a game. We're talking about players flying at each other and nailing one another and then having to go play up against a team that's had a one- or two-week bye. Tell me that's not going to have some sort of effect on it. I I know I'm kind of bringing this out of left field here, but – I almost feel like with this expanded playoff, you're given the one and two seeds an even more of an advantage. Uh, I, I agree. And to expand on your thought, uh, we see it time and time again. If you don't make it to the playoffs, you have these kids that are high draft prospects setting out the bowl game. So now you're adding another game. So how do you weigh – the idea that I could possibly get hurt in this added game. I'm going to be a day one draft pick in the NFL. Do you still play in this game? It brings up, and hasn't this been a problem already? Hasn't this been a problem? We've seen how many obvious first round draft picks that don't make the playoffs set out their bowl games. So, I believe it's going to bring on a a new perspective of these players, right? I feel like they're going to be playing later in the season in these games that don't seem as important, especially when you get to these teams who are right outside. What's It's going to be 12 teams, right? So those teams that are right at 13, 14, 15, if they can get hot, I mean, you've got to play your studs 
I mean, this is going to bring in a whole new level of competition in the middle of the top 25. I mean, it's going to bring in for the fans. I feel like it's more important for the fans than it is anybody else because it's just more really good football. But you as a player, if you're one of those guys and you know that you're going to be a day one pick, do you play in this game? Do you? How do you weigh that? How do you? Why the pros and cons of that? Well, a, an aspect that we're not looking at, too, is, you know, these guys are getting paid now. So are they going to be – is it going to be part of this NIL contract that you have to play a certain percent of the snaps in every game to get this money or a certain percent of the snaps through the season? So how much – not only the expanded playoffs, but – when you get to that point, what is the money aspect, Matthew, going to come into the way these guys, their decision-making? So here's the thing. I've done some digging on these NIL deals, and I, I don't – someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that they're allowed to put these kind of percentage plays and uh, kind of addendums and articles, whatever you want to call it, into the contract for college players. I don't think that's how it works. So that that might be um, – it, it might be a little bit lower of a factor than what we're kind of considering at this point in time, uh, talking about this. Uh, but I, I think kind of getting back to what we were saying earlier, um, I, I think it is going to have a little bit of an impact but I, I'm going to kind of take the low ball here and say it's not going to be as much of an impact as what we're talking about right now. It's going to be an exciting time either way. It's going to be new. We're going to have to adapt to it. Speaking of adapting, I wonder how primetime's adapting to that Colorado lifestyle. Oh, boy. Oh, he's loving it. I can already tell you he is loving it. Look, I think he's going to open up a weed shop. That's the whole plan. You think so? I think, it, I think it's it. You think so? He's <laughs> – I haven't seen the contract yet, I'm assuming. Does anybody know that information? I, I don't know the contract, but I've done, a, I've done some digging on this. I love Prime. I love Coach. I'm going to call him Coach Prime. That's what he, that's what he wants. So I'm going to call him Coach Prime. Colorado was 1-11 this year, last in the Pac-12. I mean, they only – they averaged 15.4 points per game in the country. It was 127th. They were dead last in opponent points per game. They gave up 44 and a half points a game. God, that's Prime tough. is going to have a big hill to climb in Colorado. But do you think Shadir follows? At 100, both of them do. Yeah. Both of his sons will be but at Colorado. One of them I have all but confirmed that he is following. Shadir, right? The, the yes. quarterback. Yes. Um, what – we're not seeing, and I've saved this little bit of knowledge just for this show, my first bit of breaking news. I'm sure some of you listeners have probably already seen this, but I don't know if either of you three have. As of 2 p.m. today, Deion Sanders has already flipped a four-star wide receiver recruit from A&M to Colorado. He's been there one day. This is one day he's flipped a four this is going to be unbelievable. The transfer portal, have you seen that list? It's full of five-star athletes. How many of these kids were waiting to see where Coach Prime goes? Oh, yeah. And, you know. I mean, playing for Coach Prime is a huge draw for Colorado. But at the same time, you see these commercials, Corey, right, from doing the half the 
death insurance. Hopefully he's got the Affleck's going to cover some of the gap between Colorado where they are now to where they're going to be because he's, I'm telling you, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough for him. I mean, if he gets the recruits, like the four and five star recruits that are in the portal, I mean, it's possible to go ahead and flip them and then be a contender, maybe not for the playoffs, but at least on their way to the playoffs. Matthew, look at Travis Hunter. This kid was had offers from Alabama, Florida State, Miami, Georgia, Michigan. All the teams wanted Travis Hunter. Right. He went to Jackson State. Why? Why did he go to Jackson State? Winning mentality with Coach Prime. I've seen some of like the, the backroom locker room talk he's had and everything. That dude knows how to motivate people straight up. He had me wanting to run through a wall just watching. Like I was ready to go. Like Y'all need to look up some of his hype speeches, by the way. That is why the dude has success. He knows how to be a leader of men. He knows how to bring in the right talent and to have success. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, I used to be one of these people where prior to the transfer portal, I was like, all right, you're going to bring in a new coach. I don't care what his record is. Give him five years. If he sucks after five years, cut him just like we did with Coach Fuente in Virginia Tech. I'm saying if Coach Prime does not have this program around, I'm going to call it two years now with the transfer portal. It's time to move on. That's that's my new number I'm giving every new coach with this transfer portal. Two years. If you don't have that program built in two years, moving on. If you Do you think, though, with the, with the transfer portal? And I guess what I look at being older than you all um, – I'm just a firm believer that if you come up on a hard situation, you stick it out. Suffering builds character. So what I look at is the, all these people in the transfer portal because they didn't win a starting job or because I mean, the coach looked at them wrong and they had a problem in the locker room. Stick it out, stick it out with your, stick it out with your boys, stick it out with your school and try to make it work. Build your character through suffering. Do you not? Do you think though that a lot of these guys who choose these teams, for instance, all the five-star recruits, Mario Cristobal has got to Miami, committed twenty twenty-three going forward. Um, it's one of the top recruiting classes, top five, I'm pretty sure in the country. It's the same thing, right? Miami hasn't shown anything. They're not contenders in the ACC. They haven't been for a long time. They're not a good football team. They should be. Why are these kids coming to Miami? It's the same reason. You follow a guy who makes you better. And you shouldn't leave just because you run into hard times. That's There's too much of that in this world. Oh, I, too much I, abandoning, I, abandoning things when it's too hard for you. I agree, but you look at the Caleb Williams situation with Lincoln Riley. Do you blame Caleb Williams? He had that starting job in Oklahoma going forward most likely if he wanted it, but look at what Lincoln Riley is able to do for him coming in, taking Spencer Radler's job, and what he he's a Heisman winner most likely now because he stayed with Lincoln Riley. I don't necessarily look at the Caleb Williams thing. I look at the, the guys at, at Tennessee after – after the last coach that set up some circumstances to where you could claim hardship would mean that you have a right to transfer in his case. He already had in Caleb Williams case, he already had the starting job. This was a pretty good football thing. He just followed his coach. 
I'm not one of those people that want to question everything that these athletes do. And I am for them getting paid. I'm, I'm, I'm for all these things. All I'm saying is there is a benefit to staying and going through the hard times. It sets you up for life. Well, my question, Matthew, is <clears throat> off of what Alex said, these kids that are recruited to Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State, look at Joe Burrow. I mean – these teams are stacked with NFL talent through the first, second, probably even third string. You've got five stars in certain positions. So what is, what does that play into this transfer portal portal for these kids, Matthew having to set behind, if you, even if you are an NFL talent and you're never going to get that starting job because the three guys ahead of you are also NFL talent. Yeah. Well, Joe Burrow was, I, I, I hate to say it, but I think his story is kind of one in a million. You know, back up at this school transfers because he knows he's good enough. Back up at this school transfers because he knows he's good enough. And then absolutely kills it at LSU. I I, I got some give and take um, with the transfer portal, but I firmly do believe that, and I'm just like Alex said, I, I am all for these kids getting paid. You know, as much as their likeness is in the media and as much as they're being taken advantage of. And I'm all for these kids getting paid, but I, I hate that it's created this attitude of, Oh, well, I'm second here. So I'm going to go play somewhere else that I don't like. Now I do. Yeah. I, I don't like that either. I mean, where can you get in life? If when you face adversity, you just, you just run away. That's not how you build character. Uh, but I, I know this is way off topic, but breaking news, Deion Sanders' uh, contract details are out, if you guys want me to read them. Absolutely. Five years, $30 million. That's a... Uh, he's going to be... $15 million in the first season. You look good, you feel good. You yep. feel good, you play good. You yep. play good, you get paid good. Yep. Probably the fastest man that ever lived just got paid and he deserved every penny. I hope this man wins national titles. I am a secondary Colorado fan now. I hope it's Tulane versus Colorado. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe that about wraps up our first segment. Wait, wait, wait just a second. Uh oh. Quick question before this is over. Eight Remember. inches. Yes. Wait, me or you? Both. Combined. <laughs> <laughs> do you think I still they're still gonna be good for a while? But is is the Alabama dynasty dying? Not as long as Nick Saban's the head coach. I I don't think they're dying, and we haven't discussed this on the podcast. But the Alabama fans after the Tennessee game saying fire Saban, fire Saban. No, he's gonna, yeah, he, he's gonna be there a while. But are they on a decline though? Like, are they gonna are they gonna win national champion every other year? Wouldn't or it have surprised you if they snuck into these playoffs? It would have not surprised. If, if, they, they, if they if they come if they come in at four, they're automatically a, a favorite to win it all. I don't see a decline personally. Okay, I, I don't. I, I it's still the recruiting that gets brought in there. 
the talent that gets brought in there. And it's the same question's been asked to me recently about the Clemson situation. It's still Dabo Sweeney. Dabo. Fire Bill O'Brien. That that's if there if I had one complaint about Nick Saban Alabama, it's fire, fire Bill. O'Brien. The dude's a, a menace to every football team he's ever graced, including the Houston Texans, who we are gonna get to in the next segment. We'll be back. Back. What up? Had a great break. I'm a little bit loose, drinking a little bit of cognac. Well, I'm feeling a little bit. I'm feeling good. Feeling good. You know, Buffalo Bills fans are probably feeling good as well. I know you may have a little bit different opinion on this, Alex, but right now it's not your time. So calm the fuck down. This is this is all things Buffalo with Matthew Chapman. Here we go, lovely good people in the world, and welcome back to another episode of All Things Buffalo. I'm gonna keep this good vibes only because I know Alex is gonna bring me back down off of the table and onto the floor later. So let's start this off real quick by saying I've never seen josh allen and superman okay in the same room but i'm pretty sure after that pass to gabriel davis that josh allen is superman josh allen if you're listening to this i know that your middle name is patrick but right now i'm starting a position a petition on change.org to change that to superman josh superman allen go sign it right now and also Welcome back, Tremaine Edmonds, the unsung heart and soul of this defense. For those that don't know or do not pay attention to the Buffalo Bills defense like I do, Tremaine Edmonds has been out the past few games with a hamstring injury, but he is back, and oh my gosh, did he absolutely nail Ramondre Stevenson in the third quarter. Holy cow. You are the leader of this defense, and you 100% deserve your contract extension. Back to Josh Superman Allen. He has not only held this team together, but he has helped us get back into being atop the AFC after Miami's loss tonight. I'm sorry. I had to do it. I'm sorry. I had to do it. And after the Chiefs loss to Cincinnati, I'm going to make my bold prediction now. If the Bills secure the number one AFC spot, we win the Super Bowl. If we do anything less, I'm talking second seed and down, we do not make the Super Bowl. Sean McDermott has a 3-4 and four record in the playoffs. He is better at home than away, and that is why we need the number one seed. If we do not get that, we are not going to the Super Bowl. And here's why. If we do not get the number one seed, you know who is? Not the Chiefs. Miami. I'm calling it now. Miami has had a wake-up call today, and they are going to spark, and they are going to light the fire, and they are going to make a deep run the rest of the year. I'm calling it right now. And Buffalo struggles against Miami. We all know that. Even going back to the Ryan Fitzpatrick days, going back to the Ryan Tannehill days. Oh, man. Hey, did you know Ryan Tannehill played wide receiver? You know, I've heard that once or twice. Only once or twice, though. But, you know... What I have not heard once or twice, Jeff Wilson is going to be the MVP player of the game 
when Buffalo and Miami play in the playoffs, Jeff Wilson will be the difference maker. And as I say, time stamp it, calling it now. You know what else I'm calling now? And who you, the listener, should be calling now? Duff Wings, located in 3090 Orchard Park Drive, Buffalo, New York, 14224. Last week, I shouted out Anchor Bar, home of the original chicken, home of the original Buffalo Wing. This week, I'm calling out their biggest competitor, Duff. For those that don't know, in the Buffalo, calling them out. For those that don't know, in the Buffalo area, Buffalo has a Buffalo Wing Festival every single year. In the past 20 years, Anchor Bar has won it and Duff has won it. Those are the only two that have won it within recent memory. And again, they are located at 3090 Orchard Park Drive, Buffalo, New York, 14224. Go check them out. I do not get paid by these companies. I am purely a fan. And that concludes this week's episode of All Things Buffalo. I thought that was fantastic. Fantastic. You need to put some uh, cameras in the phone booths so if they still got those around Buffalo and make sure Josh Allen ain't sneaking in there. That's true. Yeah. I could see him with some glasses. Glasses, an overcoat. Yeah. He'd probably have a hard time hiding that massive dong in his <laughs> overcoat, though. Well, here, I'm going to get right into it. He's going to have a hard time hiding all the fucking bruises and damage that that body's taken. He might be Superman, but these defenses are going to be his kryptonite if he ain't careful. And the thing that I took away from this game in particular, this Thursday night game. Don't let this man run the football. I, I, I get it's part of his game, Matthew. I get you don't want to uh, prohibit him from being Josh Allen. How, do you not hold your breath every time you see him pull the every, ball down? And go. <laughs> I, I mean, it's – as a fan of football, you got to be a fan of Josh Allen. He's a, he seems to be a great person, everything you like about him. But there's a couple things. The injury concerns is one. The turnovers are another concern. And we can't get past this. We keep bringing it up that the turnovers are an issue. Turnovers are an issue. So is it a simple case of Josh Allen trying to do too much? And if that's so – why does he feel the need that he has to in this offense? So Josh Allen has always been the type of person since he first stepped on the field that he needs to do too much to win. That's just who he is. Perfect example, his first Allen leap over the Minnesota. I think it was Anthony Barr in Minnesota, his very first start. His very first start. Another Another thing that comes to my mind is, I don't know if you guys watched it, but it was their first playoff game against the Houston Texans, and Josh Allen literally threw the ball backwards behind his head to, I forget who it even was, I think it was Devin Singletary, but it's just it's examples like this, that he is the kind of guy that's like, I'm going to win, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to win, even if it's too much, and I think getting back to this Superman metaphor we're doing, that is his kryptonite at the end of the day. It's not anyone else. It's himself. He's his own worst enemy. Yep. And, and Buffalo, as a team, are their own worst enemy. Yep. They seem to play to the level of their opponent. They do. Now, now, granted, when you get into playoff football, you play in the Kansas City, you're playing the Miami, you're playing to the Bengals, you're playing to whoever. So that 
that's okay. But if you're looking at seeding, like Matthew said, which I think is going to be huge going down the stretch here, especially in the AFC, Buffalo has to win the games that they should win. Like my man right here, Macho Man Randy Savage, the cream always rises to the top. And Buffalo has to be that team going forward. They should have dot New England's offense is so bad. The only bright spot was Ramondre Stevens. We're going to get around to that in a second. The question I have, in the last show we talked about these quarterbacks, um, who you're believing in and who you're not, and obviously everybody should be believing in Josh Allen. But what you said, and I thought about it when I seen, we all seen the pass if you watch the game, Josh Allen's running to the sideline, jumps, not not going down, jumps so he doesn't step out of bounds and throws an absolute laser for a touchdown. It's one of the craziest plays I've ever seen. That's a Patrick Mahomes moment. That's what you're talking about, separates elite quarterbacks from the guys who are just quarterbacks. Yep. But I worry about that with Patrick Mahomes, too. It's not just Josh Allen. If if you got to know when the play's dead. Now, he threw a touchdown, and it was a beautiful touchdown. The angle from behind Josh Allen. Did you How did he even see Gabe Davis? He didn't. I'm convinced he didn't. He just threw that ball. He, he was like, okay, Gabe Davis is looking at me. He's going to assume I'm throwing the ball here because I got two defenders on this side. He just threw it. I mean, it was that those guys, Josh Allen, Kim. the offensive line with that with those wide receivers, they are a finely tuned machine. They work very well together. It's it's impressive to watch when they're on, but like you said, Buffalo's going to be their own downfall here. Yep. Moving on from Buffalo, I want to talk about New England. Um, and as Matthew, you're a Buffalo fan, we are Dolphins fans. Is it time to celebrate the end of the dynasty that has been the New England Patriots? Is this dynasty dead, Corey? I don't think it's dead yet. I still think there's some fight in there, but not. I think it's going to take a little bit of time. The, the defense is fantastic. Yeah, the defense. And is I, good. I've oh yeah. From day one, this is a this is a Super Bowl caliber defense. But Matt Patricia, in the play calling, it is it no trust in Mac Jones. Is is that at the end of the day, is Matt Patricia looking at his play sheet and thinking, I can't call this section of plays because of who my quarterback is? Has he regressed that much? Did I don't you see Mac Jones cussing on the sideline. Throw the fucking football down the field. Right. He wants to put the ball down the field. Matt yeah. Go ahead, Matthew. No, no, no. I'm putting this on Matt Patricia. I'm not putting this on Mac Jones. I, I mean, w- the man can let the ball rip. Honestly, like we saw that in his college days, we've seen spurts here and there. I'm putting this on Patricia, and I, th- I don't think it's a, a lack of talent, Mac Jones per se. He doesn't have any receivers to throw to. I, and I'm going to give a one exception to that. Tyquan Thornton is a stud. He needs the ball more often. And you need to let the ball rip down the field. And if you do that, you are going to open up the run game more with Ramondre Stevenson. Blame is on Matt Patricia, not on Mac Jones. Ramondre Stevenson's a fucking dog. He's fun to watch. He is so fun to watch. It... it I'm curious to see the Patriots going forward. There's obvious, obviously changes they have to make on the offensive side of the ball. You've got young studs here. 
why is this team not playing to their potential? They're what their five six win team right now. Five we're at five six wins. So they're at five hundred. They're not that good. They're not that good, and they're playing in they're playing in a division and a conference where mediocrity is not going to cut it. It's no just not. Did that loss kind of cut their their chances of, of being a wild card team? They finished it. Yeah, I don't think there's a chance now. They, that was a must win game for New England. Well, Philly handled their business today. Um, Browns return. Yeah, to Tennessee, you got to think they are regretting that decision every minute of it. I, I I don't know the details on it yet. I hope Traylon Burks is all right. That was a rough looking hit. Um, but I want to talk about this Philadelphia team, man. This is um, Jesse Ratliff. If you're listening, you're going to love this. He's a diehard Philadelphia fan. Um, what what is there to not like about this Philadelphia team? Best center in football. Best offensive line in football. Without, by far the best offensive line in football. Jalen Hurts today goes 29 of 39 for 380 yards, three touchdowns. Two of them were to your boy, A.J. Brown. Eight of ten receptions, 119 yards, two touchdowns. So that was a wild him? play. That How was. He ran that dude over, but the dude ran like it was a it was an illegal contact call, and the dude just was not in the right place. I mean, everything was legal, and you can't make those mistakes against this offense, Corey. Devonte Smith, I know you're you're in the Devonte Smith market and and fantasy football. We got a tight game going on right now. I can't wait to look at that yeah. score in a minute. But Devonte Smith, five of eight receptions for 102 yards, and. Two touchdowns, or I think he only had one touchdown. I think my fault. I think I wrote that down wrong. But this this receiving core with Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts is really making his argument to be an MVP candidate here. I would, yeah, he's right up at the top with, for me. Like, why would he not be? He's got the stats. He's got the wins. There's no reason he shouldn't be at least talked about for the MVP. But yeah, if you looked at that with Smith. And Brown, you you can't just pick one and guard one of them. Right. And then if you try to guard both of them, then Jalen Hurts is going to hurt you with his legs. Well, you look today, I think that the main thing you can take away from this game, Alex, is um, former wide receiver Ryan Tannehill um, was the leading rusher of this offense <laughs> in Tennessee today. I love Do you like that? It's <laughs> um, kind of a running joke. Yeah. Um, but they held King Henry to 30 yards on the ground. About that's two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. You, so much of Philadelphia, the, the attention gets put on that offense. But the defense has had a rough couple of weeks, um, if you're looking at it as a whole. But that defense goes overlooked. Uh, especially that secondary, it's fantastic. Unbelievable. Big play slay. This, this football team is built for playoff football. If Jalen Hurts continues to play at this level, not turn the football over, this is a team that could go all the way. Do you agree, Matthew? Oh, absolutely. I don't see why not. And I'm going to – I think right now Jalen Hurts is my front runner, honestly. For MVP, I don't see how – he couldn't be the man is breaking so many just like 
different records this year as far as rushing and throwing goes. He's unreal. And here's the thing. The running that he's doing, it's not step back one, two, three. Okay, I'm panicking. Now I'm going to pull it down and run it. It's designed quarterback runs. He runs when he needs to, and he absolutely slings it also when he needs to. He will sit back there. Now, granted, he does have the best offensive line in the NFL, so he has time. But the man, you know, regardless of how good your offensive line is, there's only one person in the world that can make the reads and the decision-making, and that's Jalen Hurts, and he's killing it right now. I've got a list compiled in the notes section of my phone, Alex, of <clears throat> jerseys I want to buy in the future. My favorite players of all time, current favorite players. I'll give you an example, George Kettle's on the list. Tyreek Hill's on the list. Lil Kirko is a national treasure, okay? So don't even start with me on Kirk Cousins. Nicholas Cage is a national treasure. <laughs> I just watched that movie. I don't want to get off on that. We'll, we'll, we're going to talk about that in the Media Circus. Check us out on Spotify. Coming soon, the Foul Language Media Circus with me, your boy Alex. Maybe somebody else. We're not going to get into it right now. We're going to talk about that later. What I want to continue to talk about is Jason Kelsey. This man, I love everything that Jason Kelsey has ever done. He is the best center in the NFL. He, he shows up to the game today dressed as Doug, right, from, from 51st States in the fishnet shirt showing up. I love everything about this Philadelphia team, and I, I want to see him in, I want to see him in the Super Bowl against Miami this year. That's That's the game that I want. Alabama boys. That's the game that I want. Tua, Tua and Jalen, we know the drama there from the past in the same locker room. We've, we've seen the game. These guys, I'm pulling for these guys. This, I, lo I love this Philadelphia team, and I love everything that they're about. Moving forward, <clears throat> I want you to finally tell me what the fuck happened to Lamar today. Is he okay? Uh, it, like, it, it said... From what I've gathered since the game ended, it's not season-ending. Um, but it is weekly. It, it is. It, it doesn't look good. And if Baltimore is going to be with Cincinnati playing as good as they are, if Baltimore is really not going to have a chance of making a wild card, I think you shut Lamar down. Well, something I, I thought about today, um, is this team about to implode? If you can only put up, I know Denver's got a good defense, but if you can only put up 10 points against Denver. And barely squeak a win out. You, it's rough. It's not good in Baltimore. We saw this coming in the offseason with the, the drama, with the, the contract negotiations. It feels like something's going to come to a head here. And... I hate it because I'm a Lamar Jackson fan. If it becomes a situation where you could see him being better off outside of Baltimore, you got to hope he goes on. What's going to happen to Harbaugh, Matthew? Does does he stay in Baltimore? I mean, he's a legend in Baltimore. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. What he's done for that city has been unbelievable. So where do you see this situation going forward? I think if Lamar's gone, Okay, Harbaugh stays. The man's a legend, just like what you said. He stays. He he gets together with his offensive coordinator. I think I think it's Roman. I think that's his name. And 
they get together, they draft an, another quarterback who knows they might trade up in the draft and go for Caleb Williams or CJ Stroud or something like that. And they build a new system just like they did with Lamar. They can do it. They've done it before. Baltimore in the long run is going to be okay. I don't know where Lamar would go. Earlier, it, the, the big talk was Miami, but Tua said, fuck you, I'm Tua, and I'm here to stay. Shout out to Tua. I bet he goes to the New York Jets. Can you imagine the AFC East with New York Jets' Lamar Jackson and that Robert Sala offense? Oh, my goodness. It would be wild. It would be wild. I'm 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 hoping for Lamar's sake. Love Lamar Jackson. I know we all do. Hope he's okay. Hope he's able to come back. You know, I hope it doesn't affect. It's not a contract affecting injury because the dude is the dude deserves to be paid. This was worst case scenario for Lamar fans if he gets hurt. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You talking about the AFC East, Matthew. What is Mike White? He's we we added it up earlier, Corey. He's thrown for 836 yards in two weeks. Now, he did have two interceptions today. It was 31. That last one was – he was threading the needle. He was just trying. For right. The, so. And, and what, is, what is this situation? What is, what's going to happen here? What's going to happen if Mike White gets hurt? Do you build your offense around Mike White? I mean, I don't know enough about him un, unless, you know, the games last year, he was a stud, and then he kind of fell away. This year, he was a stud. He appeared to be a stud again today. He might fall away. I don't know. If he gets hurt, I guess you go back to Zach Wilson. I don't know if that's the answer or not. Did you see the team wearing the T-shirts with Mike White's face on them today into the game? That is a sign to me that Zach Wilson, and I, I said it in the last show, so I've had a change of heart in a week, Corey. I thought Zach Wilson would be back, but the team doesn't want Zach Wilson back. I didn't think he was coming back. I mean, like you said, Mike White seems like their favorite. That's just that simple. Yeah. You look at it, like you said, all indications show you that the team has moved on from Zach Wilson. I'm not saying that Zach Wilson is – the, her, Mike White, I mean, is the answer going forward. But I think with the Jets in the thick of things in the playoffs, you ride Mike White. To, you ride it as far as you can. Realistically, you're not going to get a Super Bowl win um, or maybe even a deep playoff run. But I think you ride, you ride Mike White. They were right in this game. They, I mean, they threw a – he had a touchdown. Uh, did anybody watch this game? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Seen the, the pass that was dropped in the end zone? Yes. That, I mean, that was a game winner. Yeah. It's it's going to be very interesting to watch. And I want to mention Garrett Wilson again. Sorry, excuse me. The dude is very fun to watch. Mm -hmm. This guy is, is explosive. And the Jets got the weapons, right? I mean, <clears throat> I, I've wondered. Defense. Sorry. It's a great defense. Very good defense. Very good defense. And, and I've wondered, I know we all have after the James Robinson trade, where's James Robinson been? So I got to looking into that. And for <laughs> fantasy purposes, for all you James Robinson owners out there, uh, there is a stipulation like we were talking before in his contract. They're not going to play him. If he plays a certain percentage of the snaps, it's a second round pick for Jacksonville. 
So uh, that's a part of their offense that that they're missing. But Zonovan Knight comes in today, and plays very good. This is a deep running back room. It's just a sneaky team. Like none of no one on that team is a household name. That were Garrett Wilson maybe because of last year in Ohio State, but Conklin, Wilson, Elijah Moore, Uzama, Uzama. Oh, yeah. like, that's that's kind of scary in a sneaky way. And you know what's crazy? That's what Robert Sala is great. He takes people that are not perfect. Example, when he was with San Francisco minus George Kittle, that was the exact same thing he had until Debo started actually taking off. That is who this coach is. He takes people that are not household names, and he makes them into household names because he's a great person, he's a great coach, and he knows how to bring in great people to an organization. Moving on from this game, Alex, you heard me say it in the intro. Discount fucking double check. Aaron Rodgers still on Chicago. I was wrong. (laughs) I was right. You were right, Corey. Um, You know, this was an interesting game to watch, though. Um, And I want to bring up two topics here. The first one is Justin Fields was the best quarterback on the field today. Today. Not a not forever i don't think i'm saying that but you look at the stats that's all you got to do aaron Rodgers was 18 of 31 for 182 yards and a touchdown justin fields in this game was 20 of 25 254 yards he did throw two interceptions but once again he's making things happen with his legs the dude's unbelievable six rushing attempts for 71 yards and a rushing touchdown he did throw the two interceptions but he's coming off of a shoulder injury um what what's up with the Chicago team? I, I think they're a team that's on the rise. I think they're still a, a good ways away. But you 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 look at this team like Detroit, like Jacksonville, um, and you see that there are some pieces that they're there's stuff you can build on, and there's stuff that those fan bases should be excited about. It's tough sledding right now, especially in that division, as with you know with Detroit coming on Minnesota's second seed, you know. So, is Green Bay still has a chance at the playoffs right now with this win, right? If I'm not mistaken, I think they do mathematically. But if you look at the way that Minnesota's playing and you look at how strong the NFC East is, you have to figure that they might take up three playoff spots. So, it's going to be tough sledding for Green Bay. But you get into December, who knows what can happen. Well, Matthew Christian Watson, um, coming from North Dakota State, we know he's a rookie. We know the problems he struggled with at the beginning of the season. But these last four games, the dude has been on fire, Matthew. 313 yards and seven touchdowns. What what aspect is that bringing for Aaron Rodgers? Because you've seen the, the late game push last week uh, with Green Bay. Uh, you look at Today, I mean, they they handled their business against, like Alex said, an up-and-coming Chicago team. Last four games, once again, 313 yards and seven touchdowns. What is this kid bringing to this offense that they have been missing for the rest of this season? A wide receiver one. They have had no wide receiver one until Christian Watson started taking off. And here's why I'm saying. He personally, for his own stats, he's doing insane. 
these past four games. You know, we can all agree on that. He's He himself is doing crazy. But here's the thing. The reason why nothing really is changing for these Packers and nothing really is going to change, in my opinion, is because now these defenses have a wide receiver one to key on with their best defensive back. And we don't have – Romeo Dobbs has not taken off yet the way that Watson has to be a great young compliment to Christian Watson. Once he does – Christian Watson's only going to take off even more. But I, I don't see any, any improvement in the Packers offense because of that, but I, I see a whole lot of personal improvement for Christian Watson. It's, a, it's unreal what he's doing. Well, you look at that position, Alex, and what Green Bay has been missing. Um, you look at the comparisons here um, of Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay without Devontae Adams. Uh, Green Bay's leading receiver through week 13 uh, – sorry, leading up to week 13. I don't have today's stats in here. Um it's Alan Lazard with 40 receptions, 553 yards, and five touchdowns. Devontae Adams on a Raiders team that's getting some spark. Uh, 71 receptions, 999 yards, and 10 touchdowns coming into this week. Love you, it. Can't, you can't replace that. You can't replace that no matter if you're if you're Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback or not. Well, what they've done today was getting um, – Dylan going, you know, he rushed 18 carries, 93 yards, and a touchdown. That's how you start to make up for that. You can't expect these young receivers to come in day one and, and be Devonta Adams. Nobody's going to do that. So I think today was a good stepping stone to get to where this version of the Green Bay Packers is going to be. We're going to be a balanced football team. We're going to be able to run the football and keeping these high percentage situations. And and you saw it today. He needed to he needed to get that running game going to help Aaron Rodgers to take some pressure off Aaron Rodgers and these wide receivers. And he was able to. And I think that's why they were able to play. Well you've seen it the past two weeks with AJ Dillon. You talked about it earlier, Corey. I believe Aaron Jones may have had some kind of injury today. Uh, I don't know the details on it right off, but AJ Dillon's really finally finding those massive ass legs that he has in this offense. And that's a huge part of their success. It seems like over the past two weeks is, and Aaron Rodgers has been preaching it all year, run the fucking football. That's all you have to do. I mean, we say it time and time again, the way you win football games is with a stifling defense and a running game. So much of, what the fans and the media's perception of this Green Bay team because Aaron Rodgers is such a polarizing figure is every game it has to be on Aaron Rodgers' back. You ha- He has to be the guy to win week in and week out. We just can't expect that. When you take away the weapon like Devontae Adams, there has to be some fall off. And realistically going forward, if this team is going to continue to improve you have to start taking more pressure off Aaron Rodgers' back. Staying in uh, that division, um, we watched the Detroit and Jacksonville game today. Um, Glad Trevor Lawrence is okay. Matthew, I know we talked about that was a nasty hit, man. That was – I watched that, and 
it literally made my jaw drop. I was like, well, there goes his season. I thought he was done. I thought he tore something. But thank goodness, by the grace of God, that man was able to get up and be okay eventually and come back into the game. Like, talk about a stud. Yeah. I would have I would have been sent to the medical tent like something's wrong with me. But he was like, no, I'm a leader. I'm going to come out here and we're still going to lose, but I'm going to finish the game. He showed a lot of heart in a game that was an absolute blowout. Congratulations to the Detroit Lions. I'm, I'm pulling for him, man. I know you're going to have a lot to talk about here with uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, but let's talk about. Jared Goff's emergence over the past what? couple weeks. <laughs> you were right. You were right. Corey, today he was 31 of 41 for 340 yards, two touchdowns. Jamal Williams is an absolute touchdown factory. What's going on with this Lions team? Are they getting a spark? And and can they make a late playoff push here? There's no way, right? Are what What's their record right now? Do we have that? Let's see. I'm not sure why he's looking their record up to that. Yeah, they're they got the spark. I think they've got it. They're going to make five and seven. Five and seven. Okay. Still, I mean, they they went out, which I'm I'm not sure what the rest of their season looks like with the schedule, but I think they've got it in them. And I, I I don't. Did you call the Jared Goff thing? Yeah, I had told Austin before this season started when he was going off on one of his mini Kirk Cousins is the greatest thing since sliced hey, bread. Michael Irving's got my back. Irv has my back. Well, when you've done that much cocaine, then <laughs> you, you won't be thinking about it either. Hey, so, I don't, what's your excuse? I mean, he's got an excuse, okay? It's funny but, we talked about Green Bay right before we talked about Detroit because I have Aaron Rodgers on my fantasy team, benched him, put Jared Goff in, worked out for me yeah me, i'm still not beating you but still it got me some more points talk a little bit alex about this detroit offense right now it's 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 explosive it's clicking it's, it's explosive offense i'm on raw i mean my hat's off to you man you had a couple down weeks mid-season with the the injuries and everything this dude is a stud man he come out of nowhere Maybe it's you remember watching Hard Knocks with his dad, the bodybuilder. Yeah, like you're never, you're never, you know. I'm going to show you how to be professional. I'm Mr. Universe. Maybe that's part of it. But this team is a product of Dan Campbell. They're tough. They have no quit in them. They game plan well. I, I mean, you, there's a lot to like here, and Detroit has been bad for so long. You know, would it feels like, good to see them playing like this. Oh, yeah. I, I've, I've rooted for Detroit to do good at least for four or five years now yeah. or longer. But could you compare Detroit to the Jets? Do you think the, the coaching scheme is kind of similar how they treat their players? Um, I think it's I think it's similar. I, we had talked about in an earlier podcast with these young coaches about and Dan Campbell's not necessarily the youngest coach, but he is a he's a younger mind and um I agree. So I think players in twenty twenty two respond better to that type of a coach. You've seen in Hard Knocks Dan Campbell out there doing the up downs with the team. You hear how good of a person Sala is and players respond to that. It and almost feels like high school, doesn't it? It's it, like it does. the high, high school coaching atmosphere almost. It does. And 
you you hear it all the time, players buy in. You want your players to buy into this program or to the, this this team. Well, Detroit, their their players are doing it. Uh, and and it's a really cool thing to see. Football seems more complete when Detroit's good. It's been so long since they've been good, but it feels like, okay, I enjoy this. I, I'm rooting for this team. I'm a huge Dan Campbell fan. I have been from, from day one when I wanted him when he was the interim coach of the Dolphins after Joe Philbin got fired. I wanted them to hire – hire Dan Campbell as the full-time coach. I believe in this guy. 100%. Matthew said it makes you – somebody made him feel like he wants to run through a wall. Well, Dan Campbell makes me feel that way. Absolutely. 100%. It Things are looking good for Detroit going forward. I mean, depending on their schedule, I'm sure it's tough playing in that division the rest of their schedule. Um, but wrapping up the early game here, um, Sean Watson makes his – 700 day long debut. Do we really want to get into this with Sean Watson? I, I mean, we, we danced around this subject, not wanting to get in on this man. He's playing football. I mean, he's back. And <laughs> Gage, Gage listened into the last podcast when, and he's like, uh, he picked up the Sean Watson in the league. And he heard me say last week, this is a tough road for Deshaun Watson to play this week. So he's, he texted me and he's like, I dropped Deshaun Watson and yeah. I picked up another guy because he's not set up to be successful. No, no. And what do you expect? The dude hasn't played football in 700 days. Uh, he comes How out. Much to the, the audience he had up in the fans. Yeah, the, you know that had to – that had to affect him in some way, Matthew. Um, you know, a rusty return for Watson, to say the least, but Cleveland does get the win, 27-14, Matthew. 131 yards and an interception. Uh, the defense, 31 fantasy points for Cleveland's defense. Shout out to life, Ashley. Congratulations, looking like, as an order. I still got Alvin Kamara to play, and all he has to do is get 16 points a We'll see. We'll see. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Matthew, did you get to watch any of this game? Deshaun Watson's return to the NFL. Um, and what did you take away from it if you did? Yeah, so I did get to watch it. Deshaun Watson, If if for those that watch the game, they'll notice they were running short routes, like short slants over the middle. They were running zigs. Uh, some a little bit of 10-yard drives. There was no deep shots down the field to Amari Cooper. And that's to be expected because this man hasn't played a football game like we've been hammering here for 700 days. Like, he, they're rusty. And I'm a Jacoby Brissett fan, but I don't think he is going to win you a playoff game or a championship or a Super Bowl. I think long run, you've got to go with Deshaun Watson. And yeah, it's going to be bumpy one, two, three, four weeks. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year, but I think for the future of the Browns organization, I do think Deshaun Watson is going to be the answer. It's It was interesting to watch. Corey, we we watched a little bit of that game together, and we seen the struggles, the the accuracy problems Deshaun Watson's dealing with right now, throwing the ball behind a lot of receivers. Um, it's going to be interesting to see it going forward. Um, but moving on into the late games, 
Um, Hode. Hode say going to beat them Bengals. That's what I want to know, Corey. Tell me. Not the Chiefs. The Chiefs, I have like lost for words for this. I picked the Chiefs to beat the Bengals. I thought this was Patrick Mahomes' redemption, but the Bengals have got it. That they, they, they are his kryptonite. There's, I don't know if he's going to ever beat them. Burrow's never lost to them. Burrow's three and zero. Look this up real quick. Anyone see if uh, how many yards Patrick Mahomes threw for? Look at look at it on sleeper real quick. Uh, Dad's got right. the Bengals haven't allowed a passer this year for more than 300 yards. Everyone that's through for less than 300 yards, and I think last year they kept Patrick Mahomes under 300. Yeah, he was post games they played him. He was 16 to 27, 223 yards. Yeah, this defense is um, very good. This is a well-rounded football team. We talked about it last week, Matthew. Yep. Cincinnati's coming on. Cincinnati has found their spark, and you you don't want to play this team down the stretch. Oh, absolutely. And you know why? It's because Trey Hendrickson is the most underrated pass rusher in the NFL. That man is a beast, and he's the leader of that defense. Alex, tell me, uh, tell me a little bit about – these two teams, I mean, this this may have been the game of the day. I mean, it was unbelievable to watch. So many emotions. We're watching this game, Corey. So many emotions going on. We're watching Red Zone. The Dolphins and the Bengals game are back and forth. I'm crying my, my eyeballs out. Corey's over here celebrating. They stopped Travis Kelsey today. Yeah. This was a Cincinnati team minus – one of their best players too. Let's let's not forget that. And Jamar Chase, he did play today, but you can guarantee he's not hundred percent. And he still had ninety-seven yards receiving yeah. yards. Yeah. Um, this this Cincinnati team, I think everybody kind of slept on them early in the, early in the season. I know I did. I when when I I saw that maybe there was a Super Bowl hangover, you kind of was like, okay, that that AFC North is going to be pretty good. Uh, the AFC as a whole is going to be good. So I think a lot of people are rolling them up. I'm not surprised. This team is extremely talented. And the roster top to bottom is is just as good as any roster you want to throw out there in the NFL. Um, the Chiefs got brought back down to earth today. And it it was it was interesting. Is this a tired kill hangover? Finally? Where does that – what – at what point do you start missing a playmaker like that? It's in games. Today. Yes, right. It's in yeah, games no against. Receiver yards. Right. Um, it's it's a it's a weird thing, Corey. And I know you're a Cincinnati fan. You got to be feeling good right now. Oh yeah, you uh, you see the playoffs. Uh, don't like we said earlier. Don't um... especially with the struggles in Pittsburgh and the struggles in Baltimore right yeah, now. Browns like. Oliver Mitchell, this is we see the playoffs, but don't look too far ahead. But the offensive line's finally meshing. We talked about this either last week or the week before. When is the offensive line going to actually look like the offensive line that they talked about before the season started? And it's it's starting to progress finally, and uh, they're looking like they're on uh, all on all cylinders. Well, who who can who will achieve the Bengals? See in the soup in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl 
that will affect them the way that Aaron Donald did in the Super Bowl. That was the reason they lost the Super Bowl yeah. last year. So if you look at this team the way that they're coming on, if that offensive line continues to improve, like you said, and plays well. I think the team that can maybe, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not going to put a prediction out, but, it, and I don't know how long Vaughn Miller's out, but the Bills, I feel like that will be the deciding factor of how good this offensive line is, is when they play the Bills. And uh, Well, that depends. Play. That depends, right, Matthew, if, if, Buffalo's secondary is healthy. If yeah. Matt Milano's healthy, if Gregory Russo is healthy, if Von Miller's back, then Buffalo stands a chance, right? But if this Buffalo defense is depleted like it has been for the majority of the season, do you think Buffalo stands a good chance if they meet Cincinnati in the AFC Championship? It would be a hell of a football game. It, it would be, and you know, you know, I'll stick with my guns like I did earlier. I, I don't care who we play against. If if we hit that number one seed, I think we're good to go, but I'm sticking with it. If we hit anything less, I don't see us making it that far. And it's because of the fans. It's because of Bill's Mafia. You can't tell me that there's another fan base in the NFL like Bill's Mafia that doesn't want to see them get the number one seed and doesn't want to see them murder every single team on the way to the Super Bowl. Bill's Mafia is a bunch of jet-flying, limousine-riding, kiss-stealing, wheeling-dealing sons of guns, and they're having a hard time holding their gators down. Woo! Chiefs v two. I want to see the Bengals uh, Bills. That's what I want to see. Chiefs, even with the loss today, this is this team's going to be tough. If they get home field like Matthew alluded to, that's why this is going to be huge. And it's not really even about the bye. It's about getting that home field. You got to go to Arrowhead. It's been done. It's going to be tough. Patrick Mahomes is different in the playoffs. No. Joe Burrow is looking like he's going to be different, too. He plays big in big games. So, uh, it's going to be wild. This playoff run is going to be wild. It's going to be very fun postseason. I'm sad we're already moving into week 14. Uh, wrapping up the late games here, Seattle gets the win over Los Angeles 27-23. Geno is still making a push for it to be an MVP in the talk anyways. 28-39, 367 yards, three touchdowns. Um, the Raiders get a big win today. Raiders get a big win. And how do you, how do you stop Devontae Adams? How do you how do you, you s- look today? The man was eight receptions for 177 yards and two touchdowns. You don't stop Devontae. You don't stop Justin Jefferson. You don't stop Tyreek Hill. Here's what you do: you live with it because these guys are going to get to. We hadn't got to Tyreek yet, which was the bright spot today, but you don't stop these guys. All you can do is try to limit the explosive plays. You have to you have to go in with a base of these guys are going to get their touches, they're going to get their yards. We just have to overcome that. Well, I don't want to talk too much about this game. Not really a lot of playoff implications here, but I will say when you have to respect Josh Jacobs, it makes Devontae's life a lot easier. Jacobs He's going to get that money. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting to watch what happens there. Um, before we get into the Dolphins game, wrapping up the Sunday night game, 
Cowboys it's fucking a- dominated the Colts. Yeah. <laughs> 54 to 19. Uh, let's look at the stats here real quick. You ever feel like Mike McCarthy just, do- just does these things to spite me? Because I feel like <laughs> Matt Ryan threw three interceptions tonight. This Colts team is in rough shape. Matt Ryan is done. This Colts team is in really rough shape. I want to see Dak's uh, stats for tonight. He was 20 of 30, 170 yards, three touchdowns. Tony Pollard, thank you, Tony. Uh, 12 carries for 91 yards, two touchdowns. CeeDee Lamb, five receptions for 71 yards and a touchdown. Dallas is cooking. I want to talk shit about them so bad, but I can't. They're playing – we have said for years before we started doing this podcast, we talked about for the past two years especially, this Dallas team is fantastic. That roster is fantastic. They have never actually put it together, and maybe we're finally seeing it. It's just a shame for the Dallas Cowboys, I almost call them the Cowgirls, <laughs> that <laughs> Philadelphia is – also playing the way that they are because Dallas is probably the second best team in the NFC right now. I love it. I love it. I love what Dak's doing. Uh, I, I mean, Tony Pollard, we've all said it. Corey, you've said it. We've all said Tony Pollard. Even though Zeke got a touchdown today, it wasn't trash time. But um, what can you say, man? This, this Dallas team is coming on. We all thought the NFC was substantially weaker than the AFC, but when you watch teams like Philadelphia and Dallas play football, it's fun. It's fun watching these teams play. It was not fun watching Miami play today. Well, the first thing I want to say about this game in particular is we haven't seen – Miami play this sloppy of a game all year. I, people can say what they want, and the majority of people coming into this week were saying the, the 49ers are the best team in the NFC. Well, the Dolphins were the better team today. They lost the game. The Dolphins should have won this game. 100%. Tua played very sloppy. Tua played it very like sloppy. Was, it was like he was – well, we talked about this earlier. This is the best defense in football. Do you do you agree with me now? This is Nick Bosa's different. Fred Warner's different. That secondary is the best secondary in football, maybe besides the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, but Tua played sloppy. Tyreek done Tyreek things. Nine receptions, 146 yards, and a touchdown. Um, but. 11 more yards, and he is the Miami Dolphins all-time uh, leading or most receiving yards in the season. He, he put a pretty good, put a pretty good uh, gap between him and Justin Jefferson today. Yeah. Um, he was tailing him pretty close. But I want, I want to talk about the bright side here. Um, I don't want to be that typical Dolphins fan, one loss, and that's the end of the world because it's not. This was This was – You're right. Miami should have won this game. But when has Tua ever played a defense like this? And I I know that sounds bad, but what I'm saying is he seemed a little panicked a little bit. and He was missing wide open receivers. He was. And typically when a a quarterback misses high, 
it's usually because of an injury or because they're amped up, they're nervous, they're, they're thinking too much. And you could see a lot of the times today that two was missing high. It, it is surprising the guys played in as big a games in college football as, as, as you can in big moments. So it was surprising. Maybe there was some nerves there for McDaniel too with, with some of the play calling, but, I mean, hats off to San Francisco. They're a very good team. We talked about it. We knew this was going to be – and it was it was a good game. It was. There was ups and downs in it. But what I noticed was uh, the 49ers had the right game plan against the Dolphins. Um, when you – because you said it before, you can't shut Tyreek Hill down. It's not going to happen. So when you can shut Jalen Waddle down like they did today – that's how you stop Miami. That's how you beat Miami. Uh, Raheem Mostert played very well today. Jeff Wilson had a hard time getting going. Um, <sighs> Miami's fine. They're fine. This they need to win Sunday night. They 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 need this win, and it's going to be a tough. It's going to be a tough game. Is it in so far? It is. It is. They're going to stay on the West Coast, from what I understand, which is a smart move. Um. I told you that they have to come out of this uh, California trip with one win. Absolutely. So I, I still think we're in a good position um, with, with with some of the other losses today that happened around the league. So it, it's it puts a little bit more pressure on you to win in prime time, and I think maybe the NFL saw this, that this is going to be an important game, so they flex it to Sunday night. So it's going to be exciting. It's 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 a fun time in the NFL. Like I said, I'm sad that we're already going into week 14. Um, we got our picks coming up. Um, I want to talk about the World Cup a little bit after the break. Uh, the U.S. takes a tough loss. Um, we're going to get into our picks. We're going to talk about the World Cup. We're going to talk a little bit about fantasy football. And we'll be back in five minutes. Two. Welcome back to the Foul Language Podcast, all you sexy beasts out there. We appreciate you listening to us. If you made it this far into the third segment, you're all in on us, and we're all in on you too. So um, let's just jump right into it here, Matthew. Um, World Cup. Uh, it's, it's been a pretty, pretty interesting past couple of days. I know you're really uh, all in on on some of the other countries and teams playing, but I'll start out by saying that um, I'm proud of this this USA team. I think um, after after what happened four years ago, and and I think them coming in, they exceeded expectations, and I, I'm I'm very proud, and I think everybody that that has kept up with it should be proud of what we was able to accomplish this year. Losing to a really good team, uh, it didn't feel like we actually were going to make that Cinderella run. You knew at some point that it was going to catch up. And I, I just, again, I can't stress it enough that I'm, I'm proud of what they were able to accomplish. And, and you know, we'll look forward to Atlanta. Right, that's that's where we're at. That's where I did, I did take your advice with some things. Uh, that she was talking about last week. And I've been kind of doing some uh, – I watched the game. I've been watching some things with Mbappe. And 
Dude's exciting. I gotta I gotta give hats off to you on that one. You called that 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 guy is that guy is something else. What well, he already has eight goals, right? In the World Cup. His dribbling is absolutely insane to watch. Too, I guess it's that's what it's called in soccer, right? Dribbling, dribbling. Yep. Okay. His footwork, man, it's out of this world. And he's young. I think he's 23, 24, and he's already France's leader in the World Cup in goals. Like. Uh, somebody that I watched uh, that I'm kind of uh, hitching my wagon to for the rest of the World Cup is this Brazil team, Matthew. Another recommendation, Carlson, man. Dude is unbelievable to watch. He's so fun. And when Neymar comes back, this is going to be a different team, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm saying with all the games that are going on tomorrow, Brazil versus South Korea is going to be the game to watch, guys. I mean, Ricarlison and Neymar, that's a dirty combination. Compared or get that in tandem with their defense, Brazil's my favorite to win it all. I mean, come on now. Let me ask, let me ask you something interesting. Where do you look at this Japan team. Where did the, the kind of, uh, I don't know if you call it parody or just the ups and downs that they've had. You know, they beat Germany, they lose to Costa Rica, then they beat Spain. Um, how, how serious are you taking this Japan squad? I've got them losing tomorrow to Croatia, actually. I, I think it comes to an end then. I do, and it's, and it's because the way, it's not because of Japan, it's just Croatia, the way that they've played this year, and the teams that they have had to be to get here. On and I'm not, I'm not knocking Japan whatsoever. The teams that they had to get to be here too, but there's a few players on Croatia's team, and there's the one I'm going to go ahead and give you. I called it with Mbappe. I called it with Rickarlson, Luka Modric for Croatia. That is who you need to watch and he is going to be the deciding factor in that game against Japan. I'm calling it right now. Interesting side note on Croatia. I was um, in high school football. We played a game against a, a, uh, a team around here and they had a, uh, a kid that was from a foreign exchange student from Croatia. He was like 6'8", about 350. First play of the game, he's the biggest guy on the field. I'm like, I got to hit this motherfucker hard, you know. So I laid into this dude as hard as I possibly could. He looked at me, didn't move an inch. He just looked at me. I'm picking myself up off the field, and he's like, you will not move. <laughs> I was like, damn, man, I'm not going to hit this dude. We had a, a sidebar here, I'm sure, Matthew and Corey. You remember the foreign exchange student that played at Holnaker? Oh, yeah. It was uh, mine and Matthew's freshman year, your sophomore year. Dude was massive, redhead, ru- Russian dude. Yeah, he was. He smelled like vodka. He was in high school. He was like fourteen. Yeah, yeah. But no, this uh, the World Cup is. It's so much fun to watch. Why have we not? Why have we not caught on sooner? I apologize to all you soccer fans out there. Um, I want to go ahead and make it known right now. Um, Enter Miami, Miami FC. That is my team going forward in the MLS. Um, Bring it on. I'm excited. Matthew, talk a little bit about uh, Leo Messi. Things, a little controversy around him now. Um, What's his deal? Is... He's a he's a character. 
it's it's interesting to watch his story. Well, I think if, for those that have kind of kept in touch with Messi and everything that happened and the controversy that's going around it, he it the video that was taken was a complete I don't want to say a sham, but it was so out of context. Like it was it's it's not even relevant. Honestly, like if you watch the video, you watch his feet, you watch what he's doing. And for those that don't know, there it looks like he's stomping on the other team's flag, but he's not. It's the video is so out of context. Just go look, uh, go look it up and watch it with a neutral eye, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Worry you more not that if he was indeed stomping on the flag or mopping the floor with the flag. What would worry you about that if, if he wasn't doing that, like Matthew alluded to, is that somebody's in there filming and releasing these personal moments mm-hmm. within the squad to yeah. show the world. Sure. That's troubling. Yeah. Well, we've got approximately 250 days until the U.S. women's national team absolutely mops the floor with the rest of the world. So we're looking forward to that. How about we get into our week 14 picks, gentlemen? How does that sound to you all? Sounds good. Okay. Corey, go ahead and lead us off here. We're going to shorten this a little bit this time. Uh, we feel like we took too much of your time um, last week. So we've picked our top games of the week this week. So we're just going to really cover those this time. And um, tell us about who the weekly pick'em contest starting last week to give us the rankings between us four. Yeah. Um, right now we still got the uh, Monday night game waiting on, but right now, as it looks, uh, me and Austin are in the lead eight and four. And we both picked uh, Tampa Bay to win that game tomorrow. So we're going to tie regardless. Uh, Matthew six and six right now. And Alex, you're five and seven. Bring it up the rear. Matt, you can get uh, above 500 here if uh, New Orleans wins tomorrow night. All right. But uh, we're going to start off here next week. I uh, just got a couple, like Austin said, just a few games that we've got highlighted. We're going to start off with a 1 o'clock game with the Jets versus Buffalo. I've got Buffalo winning this game. Um, we've seen the Jets win earlier this season. Buffalo's not going to drop it again. Matthew – I agree with Matthew. Buffalo's kind of finding their second wind here. Buffalo takes this one 42-17. Yeah, I also have Buffalo winning. It's in it's in Buffalo. So, uh, the Jets, it was a – I called it a few weeks ago um, about teams looking too far forward. I said the Jets were going to fall. That fall continues. Uh, Buffalo 24-20. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you all. I'm in the same ballpark. Uh, although I've got Jets at a little bit higher score because White, in my prediction, is going to go off this game even more so than what he already has. I have Buffalo 38, Jets 21. I'm with uh, the rest of you, but I think it's closer like I do with Alex here. Uh, 24-21, Buffalo. Next game, we've got uh, Cleveland at Cincinnati. Well, we talked about it earlier. Not much to talk about. Cincinnati has also found their second wind here. Uh, it's a divisional game, so I got it close. Cincinnati taking the win, twenty-four, twenty-one. I got, I got Cincinnati winning, but I got it as a blowout. I like everything Cincinnati's been doing. The offense continues to roll. Cincinnati thirty-one, Cleveland ten. 
Yeah, uh, Deshaun Watson struggled this week against a pathetic Houston. When he goes up against Cincinnati, it's going to be ugly. I've got Cincinnati blowing them out 24-0. I am on the same side. Deshaun Watson is going to get booed out of this fucking stadium. Blowout 41-14 Cincinnati. Uh, we're going to go stay with the uh, 1 o'clock games. We got the Vikings at Detroit. Boys, this is a, this is an interesting game. <clears throat> Minnesota's slowing down a little bit, and where they're slowing down, Detroit is speeding up. I do have Minnesota winning this game, but I would take a, uh, a, a Minnesota plus three right here uh, if that was a money line here. But I do have Minnesota winning this game 24-23. I got to pick up some steam here with my pick, so I'm glad that you took Minnesota. I'm taking Detroit. I think the the playoff hopes continue. Detroit wins a close one, 24-21. I'm with Alex. I'm taking Detroit. I, I don't like the way Minnesota's been playing in the first half uh, these past few weeks, and that when, that's when Detroit has really been killing it. I've got Detroit 28, and I've got Minnesota 21. Yeah, I think the, the Lions train rolls, and this is the fall of the Vikings. We've got a 23-13 Detroit for me. Oh, man. Okay. We're going to uh, the one o'clock game. We're staying in the one o'clock games. I'm sorry. We got Philadelphia at New York. Another divisional game. Possibly the best division in football now. Philadelphia is going to roll, but the Giants are going to score some points on them. Like I said, it's a tough divisional game. I've got another close one here. Philadelphia winning 38 35. I think Philadelphia is going to stumble in this one. Um, I think it's going to be a very close, highly contested contest. Um, 31-30, Giants. Oh, wow. I have the Giants as well, except I I haven't seen Danny Dimes take off. I think he's going to take off this week. I've got it in a little bit lower. I've got Giants 21, and I've got Eagles 14. The reason I'm going with this is the Eagles have been explosive these past few weeks. When you explode... Got to come down. That's my prediction. Yeah, I think this is going to be a pretty good game. Um, I still I got Philadelphia, though, 24-17 against a good Giants team. All right, we're going to the 425 game. We've got Tampa Bay at San Francisco. Yeah, this is, um, this is an interesting one with uh, Jimmy G having a broken foot, being out for the rest of the season. Uh, Brock Purdy kind of moved the ball today. So, but he he did play Purdy. Um, I got Tampa Bay winning this one, though. Tom's found his fire. Uh, 1917 Tampa Bay. Um, we have almost the exact same score, but I'm I'm just going to continue to roll with that defense. San Francisco 20 to 17. I've got Tampa Bay. The half is going to be pretty rough, and then Tom's going to figure it out, and Purdy won't be able to keep up. I've got the Buccaneers 28 and San Fran 14. I think that uh, 49ers defense stays on fire, and I think Purdy's going to do, like Alex said, Purdy. Uh, 34-17 San Francisco. And the last game, we've got the, the late game here, which I think is probably going to be the best game, personally. The Miami at uh, the Chargers. Yeah, I'm right there with what Matthew said earlier. This is going to light a fire under Mike McDaniel's ass. Tua is not going to ex- take this loss very well. Miami's going to bounce back here, take a pretty easy win, 35-17 in Los Angeles. 
If you're Justin Herbert, you cannot give a team like Miami multiple extra possessions. And he's turning the ball over right now. Um, I like Miami in this one as well, 21 to 10. Yep, I've got I've got Miami in this one, except I've got him 42-21. Dolphins offense is going to explode this week. Yeah, this is Miami's uh, bounce back here. They got a good uh, little taste this week against what we all think is one of the best defenses in the league. Should uh, be. Should be, yeah. Uh, should and, be. Uh, this is uh, to his, uh, this is his comeback for the rest of the season. Uh, 38-21 Miami. That about wraps up our picks. Um, I'm going to win. That's, that's all there is to it. <laughs> you wake up and piss excellent. 100%. Um, just like I do in fantasy football, I want to remind you all that I started one and four through five games. It only matters when we get to the playoffs, which the playoffs are coming up. This is an exciting time in fantasy football. This is what we're all – that's what we go through all this headache for. It's time. It's time to put up or shut up. And um, we all made it, too. We did. Congratulations. Um, I am biased here. She is my wife. But I think a congratulations is in order for Ashley. Her first season ever playing fantasy football. She makes the playoffs. And a huge win. Well, not guaranteed yet. Still got Alan Kamara to play. But – what Ashley done today, it's – if she doesn't win, it's going to be incredible. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's going to come down tomorrow. It's going to be the Monday night game never seems so important. Well, you look at these teams moving into the playoffs fantasy-wise. Your roster is pretty much set. Um, is there any moves you're looking to make right now, Alex, uh, moving into the playoffs or – uh, give us a rundown of your team, too. Uh, we might as well do that since you are a playoff team, what your strong points are, and maybe some moves you're going to be looking into making going forward. Uh, like I said, if you get to this point and you're barring injury, and there were some injuries today, but if you get to this point and you don't have the bones of your team, say you're, you're, you're hurting right now. Mm-hmm. Um, everything about my team personally – my receivers are playing great football right now, and I like everything that they're doing. I've talked about it. every time we talk about fantasy football, the inconsistency from the tight end position, unless you have one of those premier tight ends, which Kelsey did have a down day today. But, you know, it's tough once you get to this point if you are looking – if there is an injury and you're looking to pick up a waiver wire, somebody to add that's going to be an immediate starter, there's not that many people out there. So I'm going to suggest to you, if you need a guy, if, you, if you're going into this this playoffs and you're like, I got to have a guy, you better get on that waiver wire early and you better try to pick up somebody because if you don't, you're going to be starting somebody that's – I mean, they could drop a zero on you, and a zero is deadly to your chances in the playoffs. Matthew, who are those guys um, that that you're looking for can be the the playmakers that, and most likely this time of year, going into the first round of the playoffs, your waiver wire is going to be very thin. Um, who who do you like? Who who should be available in leagues that you're buying into right now? So, who I'm saying hinges on this question is 
how long is Joe Mixon still hurt? He did not medically clear concussion protocol today. He's been out. He's missed basically a game and a half now. Um, as a Joe Mixon owner, I've kind of monitored this closely. I don't fully understand. He was a limited participant in practice early, which would give you the indication that he would have played this week. But it, it just didn't happen. And, I mean, Samanjo Piran has Boom. that. That I know that's what you're going to say. Yep. That dude's, he's not as explosive as Joe Mixon, but he gives he gives that team a spark when they need it. He's a very hard downhill runner. He's good in the passing game. You know, they played together at Oklahoma, so they have similar mindset about how they play the game of football. And hopefully Joe Mixon will be back this next week. I look for him to be back this week, but you definitely want to hold on to some Andre Piran. Absolutely. I think you you hit the nail on the head right there. The one thing I will say is even though he's not the most explosive, that Cincinnati offense, you know, they've got the they've got the wide receivers, but volume is king in fantasy and Samaje is getting the ball. Well you look at Corey, um your team in particular, how important is it? Maybe for these teams who are not in a ten win position like you are getting Jamar Chase back. How big is that going forward into the playoffs for you? That's huge for me because my depth at the receiver position for my bench is not good. So I've, I've got lucky and pulled some wins out. But, um, yeah, that's going to help me tremendously. What do you think about Donovan Peoples-Jones, Alex, uh, with Deshaun Watson coming in? Are you buying anybody on this Browns team? I'm not willing, and Matthew had alluded to it earlier, there was no deep shots for Amari Cooper. A lot of the times with Donovan Peoples-Jones, it, it's his production is based upon Amari Cooper drawing so much of the defense and Nick Chubb. I'm not buying anybody. We're just talking about Cincinnati. There's enough offense to go around for all of T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, uh, Tyler Boyd. There's not enough offense to go around in, in Cleveland right now. It, it could pick up late, but um, I wouldn't count on it. I wouldn't hold my breath on that one. So, for me, going forward, I think my, my biggest question is the injury to Kenneth Walker today. How serious is that going to be? Um and is Jonathan Taylor ever going to figure it out in this Colts offense? And how bad is that for – playoff teams who own Jonathan Taylor. It's bad. It, it's bad. You you look at it as kind of a a dying a dying kingdom there in, 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 in Indianapolis and Matt Ryan turning the football over. Teams are gonna hone in on Jonathan Taylor. I'm not sure how serious the injury is to Kenneth Walker. I haven't heard. You hope it's not serious and you hope that that he could come back in the playoffs. He's been a great surprise in this regular season, and you need that to continue, especially if you're a Jonathan Taylor owner. But I'm not, I'm not really too optimistic about Jonathan Taylor making a huge impact in these playoffs. Well, <clears throat> one question I have, Matthew, is when you look at the San Francisco team fantasy wise going forward, the absence of Jimmy Garoppolo, 
what is how is that going to affect these big time players? George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, even Brandon Ayuk right now has been a stud. So, what is what are you what are you looking for with with this San Francisco offense fantasy wise? I'll tell you what. Uh, for me, when when a newer quarterback enters the league, who's the first person they look to? Tight end. Who's the second person they look to? Running back. If you notice, when younger quarterbacks enter the league, they're, they're looking for something easy over the middle or they're looking for a check down. And rightfully so. I'm not knocking them whatsoever. I think fantasy-wise, IU and Debo are gone. But Kittle and McCaffrey, here to stay, and actually I'm giving them the up and up here. Their fantasy value is only going to rise in the playoffs. I, I agree, especially with McCaffrey. And, and you saw today how much they leaned on him going forward. And as long as he avoids the injury bug, you got to feel good being a McCaffrey owner. Well, the way I'm feeling, if I can make it past the first round of the playoffs, um, Dallas Goddard is expected to make a return by week 15. So for all you Dallas Goddard owners out there, that's big news. That's big news for me moving uh, forward in the playoffs. Um, it's going to be an exciting time. Very excited for it. Congratulations to you three and congratulations to myself. Um, Alex, this is your fourth straight playoff appearance. Yeah. Matthew, this is your fourth, third straight, fourth straight playoff appearance. Uh, it's my third. I missed it one year that we did this. But the, same, the same year that you missed is the same year that I missed. So this is also my third, four out of five years, you know. It's pretty good. Corey, first year in the league. Congratulations making the playoff. Not only making the playoffs, but locking down that number one spot. He hasn't yet. If he lost today and I beat Ashley, I get that. I'm either going to finish his eyes and one as low as three. I'm going to make a bold prediction. We still got tomorrow night, and I've got uh, old Chris Godwin. That's true. 26 points is what I need. 26 points from Godwin. Chris Godwin, 93 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Two tuds, two tuds. You think he's going to rob Mike Evans this week? You think so? Well, we will see about that. (laughs) Yeah, what's up with that, man? Uh, Matthew, have you seen this? Antonio Brown, I I guess, is – currently in a quote-unquote standoff with um, the Tampa Bay police. He's basically locked himself in his house, made it known that he has guns. He has warrants out for domestic abuse. Before we get out of here, let's talk a little bit about these guys. It's going to be a little bit more of a serious topic, but um, is this CTE? Absolutely. Um you know, and at the end of the day, the man makes his own decisions, and I'll, I'll leave that at that. But I think this is a perfect example of a man that got hit one too many times, and the one thing I think of is Vontae Perfect. You all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, he's never the same after that. Never. I think if you can point to one thing that changed that man's course of life, it's that hit. I mean, honestly. And I'm, I'm not, like, trying to over-exaggerate it just for, you know, just to say, but I think that changed the man's life, honestly. I mean, if you look at it, it's just a feel for the guy, honestly. I want to say 
that Antonio Brown, you've made a lot of bad decisions, and you—it's not too late though. You can improve yourself, and you can be. I'm, I'm big into the mental health um, thing, and I, I think that he can be somebody that can change his life, alter the course of his life, and. It's sad to see these guys because when you're in that situation, when you have those mental health problems and CT is definitely a contributing factor, you alienate yourself from all the people that love you, the people that, that care for you. And, and it's a sad thing to see. And we hope he gets better. We hope Kanye gets better. Man, I, I hate these guys who are making these decisions in their life. And we... We here at Foul Angle, I speak for everybody, we want you to get better. And we're rooting for you to get better. Don't make any situations worse. Try to continue to improve yourselves, and we're rooting for you. And for everybody listening out there, um, there's no shame in asking for help. Everybody needs help every now and then. You're not alone. Uh, we would love more engagement on our social media pages from you guys. So even if you just need to talk, um, I'm always going to be available. We've been high, we've been low, and you don't have to. You don't have to fight it alone. You're not alone. Um, you always have us here at Foul Language. And with that being said, we thank you for listening. Tune in next week. We will have more bullshit to talk about. We love you guys. Thank you so much for all your support. Don't forget to check us out on all of our social medias and Rate YouTube. Rate yes, please give us a rating on Spotify. Um, Apple, we are now on Apple Podcast. You can find us there at Foul Language. You can find us on Twitter at Foul Language 01. Um, if you're coming at us for the sports cards you can find us on twitter and instagram at foul language rips and don't forget to check out the youtube channel my boy matthew doing great things over there that is foul language rips on youtube we love you guys this is foul language